Thanks for joining us today for a conversation about the role of gatekeeping in child protection. We have a chance to talk to one of our international experts, Rebecca Neff with ACCI International Relief. She's going to break this down for us and she joins us all the way from Australia. Welcome, Rebecca. Let's get started. What do we need to know about gatekeeping? Gatekeeping is basically a process of referring children and families to the most appropriate types of services or support, which is based upon an assessment and an analysis of what that child or that family's specific circumstances and needs might be. So the goal of gatekeeping is really to prevent children from being separated from their families or referred to residential care unnecessarily. And it does this by applying the necessity principle, which is found in the guidelines on the alternative care of children. The necessity principle is about ensuring that children are not admitted into care unless their circumstances really warrant that and that all other options that would um, look at keeping them with their families have been examined and have been deemed as not in the child's best interest before that type of decision is made. Gatekeeping acts as almost like a prevention from preventing children from being just funneled into residential care because of issues such as poverty or education, um, which are issues that are really best solved in the community through community-based interventions and don't necessitate separation. So gatekeeping, as the name kind of suggests, it's really about putting that gate up. It's about um, putting up an appropriate threshold for entry into residential care services. And it's not something that, that blocks residential care altogether. It's not a wall that stops at people or stops children from being admitted into residential care because residential care is a legitimate part of the continuum of care and it can be legitimate when it is used as last resort and temporary form of care. For our audience who are serving children in a range of settings, both residential and in family care, what triggers the gatekeeping mechanism? In other words, when should gatekeeping come into play? Gatekeeping is a process that can happen at multiple points along a child's journey, um, but it's essentially any time that there is a decision to be made about what is in the best interest of that child with respect to the support that they need or the type of care that they need, it can happen before a separation event occurs, when a child's been identified in the community as at risk or where um, there's an, a situation happening in the family and someone's concerned about the child's safety and well-being. It can happen when a separation event has already taken place and a child has already been brought to a residential care institution or to a child protection service. It can happen um, at the point where an organisation that's providing residential care is, is transitioning their programs and assessing whether or not the children who have been residing in the residential care unit legitimately need to be there or whether there are more uh, appropriate supports and placements for those children. Who are the gatekeepers or really who is best qualified to make these decisions? Ideally, it's done by government and trained social workers um, who are appointed and authorised by the government and who are independent of the different types of services that children may need to access. But in reality, and particularly in many of the countries and contexts where ACC International works, gatekeeping is often carried out by programs and organisations that are privately run. Um, this can often be by our staff of residential care institutions who are assessing whether or not the children being referred to them legitimately should be entering into their care. It can also, also be done by community leaders or people in the community who are making decisions on behalf of children and families there or paraprofessionals in different services. So it's something that can be um, outworked by different types of actors and at different points along a child's journey. What are the ultimate goals of gatekeeping? 
What are some of the most important things we need to consider? So when a child's identified as at risk or in need and you stop and you put that gatekeeping piece in place and do the assessment and analysis, what you're looking at is trying to prioritise family-based solutions above residential care-based solutions. So that might mean looking at can the child remain with their family of origin or their biological family with supportive services or does that child need family-based alternative care instead of residential care um, in an institution. So for either of those types of services to be viable, whether that's family preservation or whether that's family-based alternative care, we need to have services that those families can access from within the community that will support them to meet the needs of that child and protect that child. That's part of what we're looking at in gatekeeping and referring children. The other part is if the situation is critical enough, we're looking at whether that child's situation actually does meet the threshold for entering into residential care and whether we are at that point of saying this is the last resort and this is the best option for that child for this period of time for a temporary placement and therefore that child would then be legitimately referred to a residential care placement temporarily. So we're looking at trying to prevent the separation of children from their families, trying to keep children in family-based care placements. But if we identify that threshold has been reached, then children are referred to residential care and it is considered a legitimate referral. Rebecca, could you share an example of a child-serving ministry you have partnered with who is using gatekeeping to achieve positive outcomes for children? Touch on some of the important aspects of this work. An important part of being able to implement gatekeeping is actually having access to the scope of services that we need in order to support families and support children to remain in families or to place children in family-based alternative care where alternative care is actually deemed necessary and suitable for that given child. One organisation that's a great example of, of being able to do that is a group called Compassio. They primarily work with Burmese families and communities that have come across the border and are residing in Thailand. Now, in partnership with ACC International Relief, what has been able to evolve over time is Compassio have been able to broaden the scope of their services so that there is more happening in the community to prevent separation and to support families effectively so that children can remain with their families. And that means that when you get to that point of identifying a child at risk and the gatekeeping mechanism is, is activated and the assessments take place, then Compassio are now able to refer children or link children to services in the community to prevent separation. But if a child does meet the threshold of legitimately needing alternative care, they have an option, they have a range of alternative care placements that they can refer that child to, including foster care and including these small group homes. Because they now have a broader scope of services, those group homes don't become long-term placements for these children because they have the mechanisms in the community to work with the families or to find an alternative family-based care placement for the child so that the time they spend in that group home remains a short period of time in a temporary care placement. So some of the services that Compassio are now running um, through their organisation in Mesot include 
they have a community engagement team, which is definitely the, the forefront of their organisation and their work. So that team are in the community day in, day out. They're developing relationships with families. They're working alongside of families to strengthen them and support them to meet the needs of their own children and come up with solutions to issues in the, in the community. They have a drop-in centre where kids can come during the day, access education, access nutrition support. They have mobile uh, medical and mobile education programs that go into communities they have a liaison officer who works with a local Burmese clinic there, which has been a key point over time where children are often abandoned or where separation takes place. So they're able to identify these families and work with the staff at the clinic to preserve these families and prevent that separation from taking place. So they've got quite a range of different things that they're doing in the community to strengthen families and support children to remain in the family, as well as having a small foster care program that is now emerging so if a child or a family does need some type of alternative care support, then they also have the foster care program, which is new for them, and they're really developing that into a program now. They also have the group homes now that they can continue to use as short-term and temporary placements for children. And for women or children who have experienced domestic violence and need a temporary and emergency solution uh, for housing, they have a women and children's shelter where, where families can come and stay for a short period of time until they're able to access support services and reintegrate back into the community. That's a really inspiring example. Thanks for sharing. Another question for you, how do the families and children fit into the gatekeeping process? So an important part of gatekeeping and, and the assessment framework is actually engaging meaningfully with the families and the children. The families and the children need to have a voice and their opinions and their wishes and their desires need to be factored into the decisions that are being made about their children and about their placements and services and support mechanisms that are put around them. And so for Compassio, this happens primarily through their community engagement teams who are in the community day in, day out, developing these meaningful and trusting relationships with the families and with the children so that together Together, they can look at sustainable solutions that can go and help see these families and these children thrive in their communities. Stories are so important to illustrate how this rather technical process can be really beneficial. Can you provide a few more concrete examples of follow-up services that you provide that you found are really helpful? Another example of a partner organisation of ACC International Reliefs that's working in this space is Sapeo. And Sapeo work in Lesotho and they specifically work with children who are living on the streets. So Sapeo staff identify children who have recently run away from their families or homes and are living on the streets and they assess the children's situation, they trace the family if needed and assess the family's situation and that's where the gatekeeping piece comes in. They then stop and analyse and determine what kind of support is most appropriate for that child. The goal of Sapeo's program is always to try to reunify that child with their family or to see that child integrated back into a kinship care placement with an extended family member. And in order to do that, they link the child and the family to support services, in particular to a bridging school program, because they found that if they can get the children into a bridging school program and that support is being provided to the child, it takes some of the pressure off the family and provides an incentive for the child to remain with their family, where the social worker can then work with the family to make sure that any other issues are being addressed. And so that's an example of where gatekeeping comes in after a separation event has already taken place, specifically with a population of children who are living on the streets. So for those who may not be in country or working directly with the children and families, what can they do? So we've talked a lot about the role of gatekeeping on the field or in programs uh, that are directly working with children and their families. 
But there's also a role that the church in countries like America or Australia or other countries that are supporting these residential care programs can play in ensuring that effective gatekeeping mechanisms are put into place. And that is by asking really good questions of the programs that you support. Gatekeeping should be one of those things that we look for when we're doing a due diligence assessment on our partners when we're ensuring that they are adhering to good practice or encouraging them to implement and adopt better practice where there might be things like gatekeeping that are not yet part of the, the way that the program is working. So it's one of those things we should be asking about and gatekeeping can be reflected in an organization's policies. It can be reflected in their protocols or they may have a document or something that um, can show you as a supporting church or as a donor what their criteria for, for admitting children into residential care is. And so you can see, do they actually have a threshold? Are they using their residential care program as a legitimate last resort and temporary option? And the only way that they can ensure that and the only way they can demonstrate that is by showing you their gatekeeping mechanisms and how they implement that. That's really helpful. Rebecca, before we wrap this up, where can our audience go to find additional materials about this topic? If you want to learn more about the organizations that we've been talking about today, both of them have great websites that you can go to to get more detail about the programs that they're running and the way that they're implementing gatekeeping. You can check out Sepeo, it's spelled S-E-P-H-E-O dot org, or you can also go and look at Compasio's website on C-O-M-P-A-S-I-O dot org. You can also find a lot of information about this topic and about these programs on ACC International Relief's website, Connected, and that's spelled K-I-N-N-E-C-T-E-D dot org dot A-U. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing all this really important information. I want to encourage our listeners to check out those helpful resources, and for those looking for additional resources regarding the continuum of family care, you can also visit the Faith to Action website at www.faithtoaction.org. Thanks for joining us today. 